0: From the Center for Conscious Communication, this is Leading Life. Hi everyone. I'm Stacy Caruth, the founder of the Center for Conscious Communication, and this is Leading Life, a podcast spotlighting women business leaders who are making a difference, following their passion and challenging the status quo. Today, my guest is Sam Harkins from Lee Brennan Charles. Hi, Sam. Welcome.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. I'm so glad to talk to you today. Sam, can you tell me a little bit about Lee Brennan Charles? And then I'd like to go back to the beginning and more of your early days. But can you tell me a little bit about the current store that you have going on right now?
1: So, currently, our location is in the Walcott Galleria building. Um, I started Lee Brennan Charles in my garage. I'm just really on kind of a whim from some family members, Um, just always liking the way I decorating and decorated and always kind of seeing that passion that I've had. And of course, like being a newlywed and you have a new house and all those kind of things. So I was just constantly decorating and redecorating and redecorating. My mother-in-law actually had just brought up that I should open up a store and I was like, eh, I don't know how I feel about that. And, of course, know nothing about retail, know nothing about having a store. So, of course, I was like, okay, well, we can give it a try. And my husband actually is the one who uh, recommended we start it in our garage just kind of as a kind of a little a little stepping stone to kind of test the waters. And so we originally started in our garage and um, we moved into our new location in October. So October
0: of 2022. Yay. So you um, carry home decorating Items you have furniture and you have candles and you have accessories, uh, and all of that can be found in your store at the Walcott Galleria.
1: Yep, and we when I when I originally started the store, it was really focused on refinishing furniture. I had a paint line that I carried, and then of course decor accessories and stuff like that. Um, And we have kind of I have transitioned over, you know, over the last couple years. So I opened in 2017. So I kind of transitioned some things. And I think that that's just kind of a um, integral part of business. is It's constantly kind of evolving and it can be evolving because you make it evolve or it can evolve because you have to. And so I got to the point where I just couldn't, I couldn't keep up. I couldn't like, I couldn't do the retail aspect of like working in the store plus doing all the refinishing. And part of that was because I got rid of my refinishing place, which was our garage. <laughs> so I was like, Doing all of this stuff like in this really small space and at the cur- at the time I was still doing cosmetology. So I have a, I had a salon in my house and so I was doing that, too. So it was just a lot. And so I learned very quickly that it was not sustainable to do all those things. So that's kind of how it started. And then I have evolved more into giftable stuff. And I do have decor and I do have some pieces of furniture. Um, but like kind of as right now, as it sits, our biggest thing is candles and wax melts and our kind of scented products. Um, so candles, wax melts, room sprays, perfumes, reed diffusers, all that kind of stuff. So we make um, all of that in-house. Um, if it has Libra and Charles Candle Co. on it, that's all made in-house. Um, and then, of course, I, since I've been down at the Galleria, I've definitely more leaned more into the gift-giving stuff, mainly women-based gift-giving stuff that just really panders to. pampering women have um, brought in some clothes, um, not a lot, but just a little bit um and then of course we do still have decor items and stuff like that and then obviously our candles and stuff like that
0: well lovely i can say it is a beautiful space a space that just feels good when i walk in and i just love to hang out there so i have i just so appreciate your whole style your whole vibe there's definitely
1: a um some kind of some sensory things there like how how it makes you feel what how it smells when you walk in and i kind of do talk about that a little bit on my website about scent memories and how, I mean, they can be good, they can be bad. And uh, there's definitely an emotion that's evoked when you walk into some place and you kind of, all those senses kind of hit you
0: at the same time. Well, it's working for me, Sam. It all is good. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go back just a little bit then. Actually, let's kind of go back, back to the beginning and talk to me a little bit about where your decorating love started.
1: Well, you know, like. I guess I wouldn't have ever like pinpointed that out for myself, but like as I've kind of worked through this process of having a store and just having the type of store that I have that is, you know, kind of home and decor based. um, I do recall as a child that I was constantly rearranging my room, probably weekly. Like I would move furniture around. I would be like, mom, I want to paint my room a different color or whatever. So I do, I mean, I do recall that being a very intricate part. And I've always, um, I've always liked pretty things. I've always liked things to be decorated Um, and I do, my, my mom would not claim this, but she is probably very intricate in that because she was always doing that stuff too. I mean, she was always, my mom was way more handy than I am. I mean, my mom was totally doing remodels by herself. I mean, laying floor and painting and all that stuff. And really my dad was too. I mean, that was, they did everything. Like if we had a house, they would remodel themselves, flooring, paint, the whole gamut. So I think that was just, like, as a child growing up, that's just kind of what we did. And um, my husband is very much like that, too. Like, we are very much DIYers. We are very much um, – my husband is actually extremely talented in in pretty much anything he does, not to toot his little horn for him. But, um, I mean, he can pretty much build anything. Like, if I told him I wanted a new kitchen and he had the time, he would build me cabinets from scratch, and that's what would happen. But so I, mean, I think I've just kind of, like, evolved – into these situations where that's kind of just been um, kind of a a fuel of sorts for creativity. And I've always been very creative. I didn't love art when I was little, but I did. I liked it. Um, Like when I was in junior high and high school and stuff like I mean, art was a fun outlet, but I wasn't like I wouldn't I wouldn't have called myself an artist like I wasn't drawing sketches or painting or anything like that. But I definitely have a very creative mind. And then that kind of goes into I I did end up. Uh, going to cosmetology school, really nail school um, at first. So I actually dropped out of really, I guess, technically junior high. I didn't, my last school grade was ninth grade. And I kind of intermediately went to, went to do homeschooling. And that just wasn't, that wasn't for me either. Um, And so I knew I wanted to go to cosmetology school. I wanted to go get my nail license. And in order to do that, you do have to have some type of a High school diploma or a ged of some sort and you can do that at 16 so you can actually or you could i don't it might be different now but at 16 you can go to cosmetology school as long as you have one of those criterias so that's what i did i went to nail school um i that was in fear so i would have been 17 when i went and it took me about three months and um graduated and um immediately went and worked in a salon with a lady who actually did my nails at the time And I feel like that kind of goes hand in hand just because it's also a creative thing. Nail artistry is definitely a creative outlet um, when you get into just the nail art and some of that in general. Just really actually sculpting nails is an art form as it is anyways um, and can be very difficult. So, I mean, I've kind of just always kind of been in this like creative outlet. And um, so I think that that decor thing just kind of plays into that. And I wouldn't call myself a designer by any means. But I do love making spaces look good and I love making them look good for minimal, like not, you don't always have to go out and buy, you know, pottery barn stuff or these really super expensive pieces. I, I mean, I I love when you look at stuff in pictures, like I, I love those, tight, you know, those expensive things and whatnot. And sometimes it's just not palatable to do that. And so you find other ways to make that same look look like you want it to and for a price that you can afford. And that I do kind of put that into my buying process when I am looking for products for the store is, you know, like what what is something that I would feasibly spend for on something like that? You know, like if it's a if it's a couch, obviously it's going to be a little different opposed to like a candlestick. But um, that is that is a big part of when I when I buy things and when I purchase things for the store is I do look at look at it is these items are somewhat disposable. And is it something that I'm going to want to keep for forever? Is it like an heirloom piece that I'm willing to spend a lot of money on? Or is it something that I'm like, mm, probably something that I'm going to be over within, you know, a year or two and I'm going to be looking for something else. So, and making sure that that value is still there and that it's still good quality. And then, I mean, I mean, going back to dropping out of school, I mean, that could have been a, it could have been a detriment to my life. I could have used that as a detriment. I could have used it as a, as a crutch to, you know, not be productive. And that's just not really ever been my, um, even as a small child, I was always very strong willed and always very, um, very much in charge. (laughs) My mom would tell you very (laughs) much in charge of my own destiny and my own life and all that kind of stuff. So I actually told my mom when I I was probably in fifth or sixth grade that once I turned 16, I wasn't going to go to school anymore. And she of course was like, yeah, that's probably not going to work out for you. You're probably still gonna have to go. And, and that's actually exactly what happened is after ninth grade, I was 16. And I was like, it's just not for me anymore. And it never really was. I never really loved school. I actually hated school. I, I didn't mind the social aspect of it, but it was never anywhere that I felt like I was excelling or exceeding or was being kind of fueled to what I would have liked to do. And I do see that in my kids a little bit. It's my oldest one, especially who's about that age, 16, and, you know, they're kind of seeing that The school system is not necessarily not really preparing them for what's to come and not really kind of honing in on maybe their specialties. And um, I definitely I kind of always felt like a fish out of water at school. Like I never I don't can't really say I didn't really ever feel like I felt it felt like that I was in. But just always felt like it was that there was just something missing. Like there was something intricate missing to the school process for me that was leaving me um, unfulfilled, I guess, maybe. And that I needed something deeper, something with more uh, meaning. And I kind of, as I've gotten older, and obviously you learn about yourself and you learn about, you know, how you re- react to things and how you, um, you know, why you react to things or so on and so forth. And I actually had a conversation with a friend who I, she was actually a neighbor. And she, I think she, she does some type of stuff with psychology and so, that kind of type of stuff. So um, she made the comment to me about being, I'm a huge introvert major introvert. And I think as I get older I have these like ebb and flows where I'm like I can be social, but then I'm like or sometimes I'm like can't people today <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> and a lot of that might come just from being in the store and um you kind of get peopled out. And so you have to come home and like decompress. Um, but she made a comment to me about that I need meaningful conversation. I'm just not like I'm not a person that can just be like, hi, how's your day? You know, and then just be like, okay, like I need to have like a substantial conversation. And it's very true. And so I kind of feel like that, like I need substantial things. I need substantial conversation. I need something that has some weight to it in order to feel like I'm getting value out of it. Um, And I guess I just didn't feel like I was, I was getting the value that I think that would have really, you know, enlightened me to want to be like, want to be at school. So um, yeah, I went to and got my GED and went to nail school and I was actually worked at sensations tanning salon Um, From the time I was 14 until I was 21 or 22. And so, and I would do, if I wasn't at the tanning salon, I was at, I was doing nails and vice versa. So if I like worked in the morning at the salon, I would go to my nail studio and do it at night and then flip flop depending on what the schedule was. Um, Yeah. And that, and then I did hair and nails until this year, like three years ago. And then now I'm, now I'm here doing (laughs) retail that I never would have ever imagined that I would be, that I would have a retail
0: store. Yeah. So it sounds like you're incredibly resourceful that you just figure things out. So you dropped out of school. You've educated yourself in all of these ways. You've found ways to really grow in the areas that have depth to you and have meaning. So now you've created this store, Bryn and Charles. Tell me, where did the name Libran and Charles come from?
1: So Libra and Charles is all of my boys' middle names in birth order. So it's Tristan Lee, Garrett Brennan, and Brayden Charles. Um, And that was really, I sat um, for really, I mean, not like forever, but I knew I wanted a name that was meaningful and that was meaningful to us. And that was something that could encompass like a huge umbrella of things. Like if if I ever decided to, let's say I want to have a salon again, and I want to, you know, it could be Libra and Charles salon. We could encompass it with, you know, whatever we wanted to do. It just one day was going through, you know, like names of people. And if you kind of notice through a lot of my products that I make, specifically our perfumes, they are named after people in my family. Um, and so I kind of trickle that down um, from the name of the store. But it just one day came to me and I was just, you know, going through things that were meaningful to us and things that were meaningful to me and my husband and things that maybe just like, like, or just kind of more things like me and my husband talk to each other or talk about each other and stuff like that. Cause we all have, you know, like little cutesy little nicknames for each other and stuff like that. And so, and I was trying to you know integrate some of that into like a logo and like a brand and whatnot. And it just, I mean, one day I was like Libra and Charles, that's it. That's what it's gotta be.
0: So I love how you're able to really personalize the name of your store and then for that to grow with you. So along those lines, what else do you really love about your job, about owning this store?
1: Well, I mean, I'm probably going back to the creative. I love to be creative. And I think like in the beginning, the furniture painting was very, I mean, that's, that's a very creative thing. And so right now, my creative outlet right now is the candle making. And that kind of like, I would have probably never have imagined that that was a creative outlet, but there is. I mean, a whole process in that of, um, you know, sourcing fragrance oils and kind of making that into almost a story of sorts. And then there's, you know, like what kind of container is it going to go into? And what am I going to name it? And I designed the labels. I, um, And if you, if, if any of my people who, who listen to this and if you've watched my evolution of labels over time, like I'm constantly changing labels. And that's just, I mean, it's just a creative. And I, it'll probably never stop because... I'm just constantly like in this creative atmosphere where I need new things. I need to change things and they do things. And that kind of goes back to me redecorating my house and redecorating my bedroom all the time is I constantly need something new and fresh. And sometimes that's a bad thing. I've gotten a little better as I've gotten older where I can be <laughs> a little content with some things. Um, but it's just my brain. Like my brain is constantly thinking and you know, what can we change? What can we do and make things different and make things fun and, so, I mean, I think it's just the the creative outlet that I can have with that. And then going into just the store itself, remerchandising tables and re the store is fun and creative. And it's almost like you get to go in and like redecorate all over again. So, I mean, that's fun. I mean, the thing, I could probably list a ton of things I dislike. <laughs> Paperwork would be one of them, but, you know, like just, just that, that creative outlet for me is um, probably the most fun. And of course the customers, I mean, you, build relationships with people that you probably would not have otherwise. I mean, I probably would never have even ran into, you know, some of my customers that come in on a regular basis and that's super fun. And now that I have the store and I have people that kind of help me out, I have a virtual assistant that helps me out through my website and through my email, my email list. And then I do have a couple of friends that help me out in store. And that's been um, for right now has been kind of a fun thing to just kind of work with people in that kind of position where, they're kind of helping me like lead the direction that I'm trying to go. I think that that is a new challenge, but kind of a fun challenge and kind of a something that's that's kind that's kind of fulfilling because it I, you know I'm seeing people that they believe in what I'm doing and so they're like you know willing to help me and they're doing it better than what I could do. If that makes sense. <laughs> so I think that those are the those are the things that I that I definitely love. Like currently, I mean, over the stages of the store, I mean, I'd probably have different answers at different times, but for right now, that's definitely, definitely it.
0: So what about your, you were talking a little bit about the things that you don't like in your business. So let's talk a little bit about that. What are your greatest challenges?
1: So, I mean, I think probably for anyone, unless you're an accountant, accounting, you know, the bookkeeping (laughs) aspect is probably, um, and really, for someone who is creative it's just it is not my it does not trick my trigger by any means um so that definitely um is i don't even know if i didn't call it a challenge but it's definitely just not something that i like to do um and then i mean honestly the the most challenging thing is really just balancing everything that you have to do within the business um and then you have to get outside of the business and you know how are you successfully being a mom how are you successfully being a wife and um Retail will suck the life out of you and it will encompass you. It can feel very overwhelming. It can feel very much um, like the world is crumbling in on you because you are, I'm sourcing products. I'm making products. I'm, there's a huge mindset behind like you buy something. You're like, is anybody going to actually buy this? Is anybody going to like this? And then you're like, I have to buy 24 of them. (laughs) <laughs> are 24 people going to want this? And am I going to get stuck with it? And if I do get stuck with it, I'm going to have to discount it. And then of course you discount it. So then you don't make your money back on it. And so there's a huge, huge mind game that happens and you can really, and I have gotten myself kind of trapped into that at times where, and then you get afraid to buy things and then you're like, well, I'm just going to kind of play it safe and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to get too crazy and I'm going to just, you know, buy a couple of things. And really, when I first started the store, that was very much my intention was to have very just like kind of one off things and that not, nothing that I had a lot of because I wanted people to have the, the sense that like, I'm the only one who's going to have this, you know, item. And a lot of that was I was doing antique type pieces or thrifted pieces. So I mean, it really was the only yeah, that was the only one that I that I had or found. And I think as as you scale things, that gets more challenging because you are constantly looking for more products when you're doing that unless you just happen to go into like a flea market and you're buying the whole thing, or you go into an estate sale and you buy everything and you have some place to store it. It, it, That can just be very challenging. It can be challenging even when you are buying products that you are buying from an actual traditional wholesaler of, you know, just making sure that do I have, am I ordering enough? Am I ordering too much? Am I, um, am I paying too much for shipping? Am am I going to be able to take that product and, you know, be able to integrate the shipping into it and still make it a valuable product where people are going to want to buy it and they see the value in spending the money for it. So yeah, it's that retail, I did a, a coaching group with a gal and she said, if I, if, if someone were to ask me if they would, should open up a retail store, she's like, I would tell them no. And um, to a certain degree, I would say the same thing and not to be like, don't do it because I'm doing it type thing. That's because nobody, nobody tells you, nobody talks about like, like, all of the things that go into it. And especially when you're starting small and like I am the only well, I was. I should say I am now. I was the only person doing everything. You know, I'm I was painting the furniture. I was um, working the store. I was, you know, making sure I had product. I was rearranging the store and I had had lots of friends and lots of helpers. And my husband in the beginning, not so much. he He's he does help out, but not so much in the capacity as he was in the beginning. But we would go into my store and we would flip the store when I had it in my garage. And it would take me two days because I would have to take one everything from one side and move it over and then re- redecorate that and then move everything back. And him and I, w- we would get into fights with each other because he'd, why are you doing it like that? And I'm like, why are you doing it like that? <laughs> <And so laughs> we would get it done, but it was, it never ended very well. And, and it's actually now that I have a larger space, it's a little bit easier to do that. Um, and then I had friends that would come in and help me and, you know, we would knock it out and she could do stuff and I could do stuff because really my husband was just he was just the manpower. He was the one just moving the big things around. And then I was doing all the little things. So, I mean, that's something I've done re- read read flipped this or I flipped the story here recently. It's been a lot easier because I can kind of do a table at a time and I don't feel like I'm being toppled in with uh, decor. If you've ever tried to move, you know, move a room and move it around. It's frustrating. It can be frustrating if you don't have places to put stuff, but I think as far as um, anything else that's challenging, I mean, the, the financial aspect of things, I mean, that's just, you know, business in general. I mean, you're constantly just kind of watching and, you know, retail can be tricky and especially retail for, I mean, I don't have, so I don't, I'm not selling stuff. That's like a have to like, you don't have, like, I'm not selling bread, you know? So those things are definitely niceties and that can definitely be a little challenging in certain times of the year because it's not, I'm not selling anything that anybody has to have. Um, so it's definitely a luxury it's definitely a luxury type situation and um, you kind of have to wrap your head around that and realize that there's going to be certain times of the year that people are just not going to be buying stuff and or they're going to be buying little and um, prepare for those times as best you can it's it's i think it's even hard because it seems like every year it's a t- it's a different time
0: <laughs> it seems
1: <laughs> like it's not ever very consistent i mean like we have a pretty good idea i was actually talking to a friend just not too long ago and you're talking about January and February historically are slow times for retail, and um, this year I felt like it trickled a little bit into March. It's definitely like you can you almost do forget, but then once you're in it, you're like, oh, I remember this last year. I remember <laughs> this happening last year, and 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 it's kind of historically summertime. You know, summer in like that August, July, August can kind of be a little slow. So I mean, I think just really having your head wrapped around that those times are going to come and um, prepare for them, not only financially, but mentally that, um, you know, this too shall pass per se, and that, you know, you're going to kind of end up back on the other side and kind of that.
0: Going back to the transition that you made from your garage to this larger store, you really increased your hours a lot at that point as well. So tell me a little bit about how you manage your family and your your what your being a wife and being a mom and also owning a business
1: i can't really say that i balance it well there's definitely times that um you know i'm really heavy on the mom scene and um there's sometimes i'm really heavy on the wife scene and there's sometimes i'm really heavy on the store scene and i think that giving myself a little bit of grace that like i can't do everything i can't do everything today and i can't do everything well today but you know, tomorrow I can you know do a little bit more in this area, or you know a little bit more in that area. So I mean, like for instance, this week I had let's see what is today Thursday. So um you know I worked the store Tuesday and Wednesday. Which I mean, when I work the store, that I mean I'm pretty much I'm, lo- I'm locked in, can't go anywhere, can't do anything, that kind of thing. So like you know, obviously I know that those those days I'm going to have to do whatever I can within the business that I can, you know, in amongst helping customers that can relieve some of that pressure from when I'm not there. And um, like, so today has been full on house and mom day, you know? And so I think that for myself, making sure that like that kind of same thing, like going back to like mentally, that like, that I know that I can't do everything and I can't do everything well, and I can't do everything today that tomorrow or maybe Friday, I, you know, or Saturday or Sunday, I can take those days and utilize them for other things. Like if I know, I spent a lot of time at the store this week. And so, you know, Sunday's got to be the day that I do laundry or Saturday's the day that we go out and do, you know, X thing. And we have, we have baseball starting this weekend. So my life's really going to get interesting (laughs) um, as far as kids and schedule goes. But, um, and then of course, now that I do have those longer hours, like I knew when we moved down there, I was going to have to have extended hours. And I knew I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to, you know, be there all day, every day. I do have some friends that do kind of come in and help me out and relieve me of having to be there all day every day. And I'm not open on Sundays and Mondays, which I think I actually had somebody not too long ago ask me, like, why is it that there's so many stores down here that aren't open on Mondays? And it's, I mean, in my opinion, maybe I could be wrong, but um, you know, Saturday's the day that you most likely want to be open, and we would still like a weekend. So you know, like Saturday or Sunday, Mondays are kind of our weekend. And it could go back to just being a hairdresser. And that was historically hairdressers normally don't work on Mondays. I don't know why, just how it is probably very similar because they, you know, they work on Saturdays and they still want a a weekend of sorts. So that does help because then I do have at least one day during the week that I can get, you know, something done. But, you know, like, so now that my store is in the, the Walcott Galleria and we are part owners in the Walcott Galleria building, um, and I do do um, a lot of the building management. So that's added kind of another layer of things on to the plate a little bit. It has been kind of a wild week um, this week and usually every week. And then some, then there's like one week that like nothing happens. And I'm like, oh, this is what it's like to be like even keeled. And then <laughs> the next week is crazy. So I mean, I just just kind of rolling with the punches of sorts and just knowing that I that I, that I can't do everything all the time and that I have to. Kind of take it a day at a time, and that's kind of what my husband will be like. What are you going to do today? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll just find out at nine a.m. when things start calling or getting emails. We'll just, you know, see what happens, see what the day throws at me. And that's kind of how I roll sometimes.
0: <laughs> it sounds to me like you have learned a lot in the years that you have owned your own business, and I wonder then if you can give one piece of advice to someone who's considering starting a business, what would that be?
1: As much like this is probably gonna like, if my husband heard this, he'd be like, you're such a liar. But honestly, really kind of investigating and really talking with people who are doing it and asking them what their struggles are. And my, I think that like, if I would have really went in and talked to, to some people who are doing retail, I probably I probably wouldn't have done it, maybe. kind of strong headed. So maybe not. So, and I'm not saying that to like discourage people, like, but just know what you're getting into, like know what it entails and know what you have to do in order to like jump those hurdles. And I think that just being like being a little bit more aware of what um, possibilities will come down the road and what, how things can change and probably most definitely being pliable, like be willing to shift if you need to be willing to, you know, move her to a different arena, or you know, maybe you're selling this thing and it's not selling, and so you have to pivot to selling something else. And don't be afraid to do that, um, and don't be afraid to you know kind of reposition things. Um, I remember in the beginning, I I was like very adamant about you know like if I was going to be open hours, like these are the hours, like you know don't be closing because there's definitely I've, there's definitely been businesses um, that I've that I've been to and you know one day you go there one day and they're closed the next day they're open and then you go back the next day and they're closed so you're never really there's never there's sometimes sometimes not some consistency there and so I was like very adamant like if you're going to be open you're going to be open and you know unless and I used to say unless if I'm sick or dying I won't be here and that would be the only time that I would not be open or if something was going on with one of my children so I think that with that kind of being said like there is you you have to have some kind of malleability with that but still kind of sticking to like kind of some values and some I hate to say a business plan cuz I'm anti-business plan but you know like sticking to like you have like an idea of how you want things to go and sticking kind of to that but yet when things arise that are not working that you're you know willing to like kind of pivot and shift and make things work and I think that I'm not I'm not the best business person. Um, I'm not the best. I don't even know what you'd say. I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm I wouldn't I, would, I don't even know if I'd even call myself a business person, but I am willing to try things. I'm willing to change things and I'm willing to um, try something out to see if it'll give me a different result um, instead of staying kind of stuck in one thing just because that's where I'm comfortable and i think just being an entrepreneur in general like you have to be uncomfortable and really anybody in general i mean even with my kids like i tell my kids like you have to do uncomfortable things in order to grow you have to do uncomfortable things to um you know test yourself and test your limits and that never changes you will you will have that throughout your whole life if you're if you're constantly challenging yourself and constantly um doing things that make you uncomfortable that's the only way you'll grow and that's the only way you'll you know evolve into other things and that i think is it, it stinks that sometimes to do that because it's painful <laughs> and it, you don't always get the results that you want. But as you kind of get down the road, you'll be like, okay, well now I understand why, why that, why, why that happened like that or why that, you know, was so challenging and I've learned so much from it and now I can combat it and it's not a big deal anymore. So.
0: Well, Sam, I think you're walking your talk. I think you do a lot of <laughs> well, things that are uncomfortable and learn from it. And just your whole life looks like just a lot of being willing to take those chances. So I really appreciate you being here. I always love to talk with you. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and some about your store and your life journey. I just am so grateful. You
1: are so welcome. Thanks for asking me. It was a pleasure. Sure. Anytime. Thanks so much.
0: Take care. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Leading Life, a production by the Center for Conscious Communication, hosted by me, Stacy Carruth. I'd like to thank Ty Pierce for his artwork and technical guidance. If you haven't already, make sure to follow Leading Life on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. And catch you again next time.